Look at you. You made it to another episode of We Did That Shit Podcast, where we talk about who did some shit, how we got through some shit, and what we learned from shit. I'm Maya. And I'm the B. Podcast family, we appreciate you, and we hope your week was the shit. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. If you enjoy our company, Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, CastBox, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. What's up, Maya? What's going on? Maya, you never say what's up to me. Like, I always got to say what's up to you. Like, I mean, Okay. I'm just confused on why you even thinking about that. That's like a dude that'd be like... Yeah, you never call me. I always got to call you. Okay. <laughs> that's different because that's a dude. You want something and just that's why you call I'm us. I'm just saying. But I'm saying we here. You don't be like, hey, babe. Never. I, it's probably because I'm like always talking to you. So I just feel like, and you know, I told you I need structure. So the structure of the show is like, hey. And I'm like, hey. Well, hey, girl. Hey. Hey. How was your week? Well, it was okay. I'm getting back into the swing of things after the birthday month celebration. Um, I've been doing partying, and I was in the gym today, and it showed. Mm. The month that I took off, but was really still working out, but just eating and drinking what I wanted to, I felt it all today. So my week's been good just getting back and and trying to get it together, you know. How was your week? My week was good. I got a lot of things done, which I'm glad. I planned for a lot of things, which I'm really glad. And it's Black History Month. You about yes. to hit us with the Black History Month facts. I love that. So my week was good. I'm glad that your week was good. And you know, it is February. So it's one of my favorite times of the year, yeah. even though I celebrate my culture all year long, but I love Black History uh, Month. I really take pride and enjoy giving the people the Black History facts, and people look forward to it. Yeah, so we're doing it on the show. It's no different. Today, for our Black History fact, I wanted to talk about Maynard Jackson Jr. Maynard Jackson Jr. was Atlanta's first African-American mayor He served two consecutive terms from 1974 to 1978 and from 1978 to 1982 and was elected for a third term in 1990. Jackson is best known for improving opportunities for African-Americans to do business with the city of Atlanta, especially in the expansion of Hartsville Airport, which has been renamed Hartsville Jackson Airport. Under his leadership, African-American contracts with the city of Atlanta increased 35% from a low of less than 1%, which is huge. Jackson also reformed the city of Atlanta's police department, changing its reputation as a public agency that mistreated African-Americans and limited opportunities for African-American policemen. The death of Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968 is what prompted Jackson to enter politics for the first time. He ran against popular white supremacist Herman Telmagate for a seat in the United States Senate. Although he did not win, he received approximately one third of the votes cast. He described his campaign as a success because he wanted to energize Georgia's African-American electors to take advantage of the provisions of the Voting Rights Act passed in 1965. Jackson was actively involved in the National Democratic Party. He founded the African-American Voters League in 2001. And during the same year, he strongly supported the election of Shirley Franklin, who was Atlanta's first female mayor. At the time of his death in 2003, Jackson had been appointed to a top position in the National Democratic Party. And as I stated, he passed away in 2003. He was 65 Bravo, Maynard Jackson. 
Bravo, Maynard Jackson. As, you know, Atlanta's first African-American male. It's so funny when I was doing some research on Maynard uh, he came about because I watched a documentary about his life mm-hmm. on Netflix. And, you know, I love documentaries. And so um, I watched this documentary and then I did more research about him. And it was so funny because I never thought Atlanta did not have a black mayor. You right. know, they've had so many. I, I just never thought that they did not have a black mayor. So so to know that he was the first and that was in 1974, it was just very interesting. Um his life and where he came from, his background, he comes from a lineage of uh, black activists. And so go out there and do some research on Maynard Jackson Jr. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, and that's and our black activist uh, week. Go that ahead. was excellent. I, I just think that it's very important to appreciate what you have and honor the people who are responsible. You know, somebody had to be on the front line for mm-hmm. you to get to enjoy the freedoms, which, which some that we have that we enjoy today. Somebody fought for it. Somebody was on that front line. Somebody had to speak up. They wouldn't have given us anything. No. You know, Atlanta would still be white today. Yes. You know what I mean? So we have to pay homage to those people. I'm sorry to cut you off. And what Mm -hmm. I found that was so interesting was like I stated, he improved the city's black owned contracts to 35%. Even in the documentary, they talked about the expansion of the airport. When they were expanding the airport, there were no black people on the contract of expanding the airport. And he was like, "Mm -mm, we're not about to do this. You don't know one black person that can work on this. They were like, no, it's no black architects, you know. And he was like, oh, it's a black architect out there. Get them on this um, job or there will be no job. And so later in his career, he caught a lot of flack because when he came out of politics, he kind of had to, because he was a lawyer too, he kind of had to rely on the white worker, working class to give him opportunities, you know, Mm -hmm. to give him business outside of politics. And that was the reason why he ran for the third term because of that, because, you know, people didn't forget, didn't let them get the job, but he looked for black people to get the job. And so, yeah, Maynard Jackson. All right, Maynard. So what else happened? Who else did some shit? Um, James Ingram. Oh, rest in peace, James. Secret Garden. He has a beautiful, he had a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful voice. He did. He really did have a beautiful voice. Um, but yes, James Ingram died of brain cancer. Um, another thing I just want to bring up quickly and who did some shit is all of this buzz about, and I think her name is pronounced Kamala and not Kamala. Kamala. Mm-hmm. Okay, so her name is pronounced Kamala Harris. And we did, I read, you know, just uh, introduction of who she was and we're not telling people who to vote for we're not saying that we're voting for her it was an introduction but one thing that really annoys me mm. is people and i do try to stay off social media but i really don't like how people are just out here trying to bash her mm-hmm. and i'm not saying vote for her because she's black. And a lot of people aren't voting for her just because she's black. So shut up. Because, and I'm going to say this, because I know you want to say something. So I'm going (laughs) to say this. She was a prosecutor in the state of California. The prosecutor's office did not become corrupt or any worse because she got there. When she got there, it was a mess. Innocent people were going to prison you know, recidivism was high. Mandatory minimums were in place. You know, so when she got there, it was messed up. That's number one. Number two, okay, she wanted to hold even single parents accountable for their child's truancy. Somebody has to be held accountable, Mm -hmm. you know, and with all that she did as a prosecutor, because I looked at her her votes since she went to uh, Washington, Mm-hmm. And and her votes are for the people. Like I don't have a problem with anything she voted for, and everything she voted for did not pass. However, with all that they say, they talk about well, check her records as a prosecutor. As a prosecutor, she had no effect on me. She's in California. Prosecutors are only in charge of their jurisdiction. And like I said, the system was messed up when she got there. Oh well. Mm-hmm. Like check yourself. And even with all that she did. 
as a prosecutor, they still elected her to the Senate. So she couldn't have been all that bad. I just hate to hear people tear down people and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. That's all I want to say. Well, I hate to see people tear down people, not people, black people. Mm-hmm. And the people who are tearing her down are other black people. Are black people, that's and right. And this is the problem that I have. I love us. You right. know, I'm like Monique. I love us, baby. But it's like as soon as she announced, black people couldn't wait to find so much wrong with her. And we do that a lot. We do not support our own. I say all the time, I feel like an old grandma. Keep your shit inside your house. Black people, if if Kamala was a pedophile, expose her. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But as a black woman who announced her run for presidency, the first thing you shouldn't think of is negativity. The first thing you should think of is, oh, we have somebody like us that represents us that's right. standing up to say, hey, I'll take a I'll take a stab at it. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. She's not Ben Carson. She's right. not Herman Cain. She's not any of these black people who feel like white is right. She doesn't right. represent that. And so because of that, why would you wait to tear her down? If you were so in, because she's been very vocal about all kinds of issues before she decided to before she decided to run for president she was vocal about all kinds of issues if you wanted to bring out her record and what she did wrong and how she's this and how she's that mm-hmm. you should have did that already and right. i said it last week and i'll say it again the alternative is trump so you make your decision off right. of that i ain't telling nobody to vote but i will I said it last week. I'm going to say it this week. I'm going to say it the next week after that, all the way up until we got to vote. If Cheetah Health is the only person that's running and she black, I'm voting for her because she's black. And I don't care. And I say that with a lot of conviction. I want black people to, we are literally the only group of people who do not support each other. We can't wait to tear one of us down, you know? And my thing is, Tear her down amongst your own. Tear her down in private. Right. Don't tear Not her down publicly, in the right, right public where right. they like, oh, here they go again. They can't stick exactly. with each other. They go exactly. again. Well, we know they ain't going to vote for her, yeah. you know, and we know that we can do this. And, and again, if you don't vote for her, let's say it's just her and Trump. You don't vote for her and you don't vote. It's a vote for him. Point blank and period. Exactly. And that's what I wanted to say. Blacks attacking blacks or people of color attacking people of color or minorities attacking minorities promotes the white agenda. Period. Exactly. Period. And that's just the end of it. Yeah. Um, who else did some shit? Oh, my mercy. My baby. Jesse Smollett. Yeah, which was really a terrible situation that happened. So, you know, he was attacked by two white supremacists in Chicago. Domestic terrorists. Yeah, because, you know, they 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 surely ain't come over no wall. You know, they ain't come from somewhere else. They was they homegrown. Just like all of the people who commit all of these uh, mass shootings, you know, all of these attacks, they're homegrown. And so the people who attacked Jesse Smollett, the two men, they beat him, broke one of his ribs, blacked his eye, and tied a noose around his neck yes. and screamed at uh, poured bleach on him. Yes. and screamed at him the N word, you know, the N word. Yes, the F word. Mm-hmm. And then they had on the MAGA hats mm-hmm. and they screamed out something about the MAGA. You know, like, mm. this is our country, so to speak, you know. And so um, this was a hate crime, 100%. 100%. It's a racist crime. Um, it's a homophobic crime. For people out there who are saying things like, oh, it's just a hat, things like this prove that it's not just a hat. It is not. It is open season on hate, and your president is promoting it. It's as simple as that. It's it's really sad, and not because he's famous at all he but be joey up the street right it's the hate is so out there. i mean it's just so like 
everybody come out of the closet. right there. It's, and, and what your president is doing. And here's the thing. White supremacy was happening before Donald Trump. We don't want to make it seem like, oh, he came into the picture and then white supremacy came into the picture. No, we have always suffered at the hands of white supremacy. I mean, we were slaves. You know, our people exactly. were slaves. So any group of people who can own another group of people, terrorize that group of people, Torture. you know, continue, continue right. to do that, hold that group of people back, not want to educate that group of people, not want that p- group of people to be even considered humans as they say in uh, the Constitution that they love to to bring out. All of those things were happening prior to Donald Trump. So that's not what it is. What Donald Trump is promoting, though, is is the same thing, the same agenda. And he's putting the battery in these people's back to do the things that they're doing. You know, like I said before, the presidency that when he got elected is a whitewash. It was really the, oh no, you blacks was in power for too long and now we are taking back our country. And that's that whole make America great again. And things like this that's happening to Jesse Smollett is going to continue to happen as long as we have someone fueling the hate at every turn, you know, and that's what that's what 45 is doing. He's fueling the hate at every turn. That's exactly what he's doing. Stop the hate, um, spread the love. And, and, and lastly, let me just say this, unless you have something else to say. But lastly, I'll say this. Why do you care what someone else is doing in their bedroom when mm-hmm. you are not a part of it? Nothing that a person is doing in their bedroom is affecting your day, affecting your health affecting your family it's not affecting anything it literally does nothing to you I you want to be a part of it that's what it is and that's exactly Th- what it them is. homophobes they be like mm, i wonder yeah that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is and it, and it has to be 100 because you are not true to who you are right. and so you are bringing out the hate that you feel for yourself Right. Or someone else, you know, right. and so get well, Jesse Smollett. I hope they prosecute these people to the highest uh, court. Are they even court. looking for the people? Well, you know, it's some people out there that's saying like, oh, this is fake. Like he faked poor bleach on himself and he faked uh, a black eye because you could fake a lot of stuff. But unless you like the girl from Thin Line Between Love and Hate, where you put in an orange in a damn sock and beat yourself upside the head. I, I don't I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, my goodness. So mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. just a small act. Stop the hate. Spread the love. We have one more who did some shit. Well, what else we got? B. Smith's husband told everyone that he now has a girlfriend. Mm. She stays over a couple nights a week. Oh, she stays over. She is not a living. No, she, they don't oh. live together. But she stays yeah. over a few nights a week, and his daughter is okay with it. And she helps take care of B. You know, B. Smith has dementia, Alzheimer's. He says, what do you say in his vows? Like, I don't believe in it. It's like, okay, in sickness and in health, I'm still here. But till death do us part. Uh, Ninja, you, you agree. Right. <laughs> right. You was there. You was there when the man read them. You say, I do. When you say, I do, that means you do. You are going to do forever until death do you part. And 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 the last that I checked uh, from the articles that I'm reading, B. Smith is still very much alive. Very um, much alive. And for those of you out there who don't know who B. Smith is, B. Smith is a restaurateur. Mm-hmm. She was a model, um, a TV host. She she did a lot of things in in her time before she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's back in 2013. She has, like I said, she's a restaurateur, so she has restaurants all over. She had restaurants over New York City. Um, I've eaten at one of them. Food was really good. You know, food based. It was it was delicious. <laughs> had a good time. B that macaroni and cheese, from what I remember. Point. <laughs> um, and so because she has Alzheimer's, her husband has went out and got himself a girlfriend because his rationalization of it is that. Why should he be left to be lonely or not have um, the fulfillment of a relationship because she's going through what she's going through? And that's some bullshit. Uh, uh, in 2019. Dan, that's some bullshit. Dan, I'm sorry. Dan, in 2019, I am really 
trying not to judge. I really, I don't want to judge anymore in 2019. I definitely have an opinion, Dan, but I really am trying not to judge. I know that caring for someone with Alzheimer's is very difficult. I know that people feel all kinds of emotions when someone that they love, no matter what the relationship is, does not know who they are. You know, I I understand that. I've seen it. I know that they need to be watched all the time because you never know what they'll do. They operate on past memories, things that really don't exist no more. So they do, they go out, they get lost, they talk to strangers, all kinds of things like that. I understand all of that. And y'all wrote a book. About what, babe? Uh, The book is called Before We Forget. And they just talked about their life and their marriage and their love and, you know, all the great, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. you solidify all of that. And I'm just saying, this is just me. If you take the vow, Mm -hmm. you took the vow. And, and I think about that kind of stuff. Like, you know, and I say this all the time, if me and my ex-husband were still together, we would be together. I would do everything I could to take care of him. He, we we put the time in. He earned it. If I get married now, I still believe in sickness, health, death, you part, all that kind of stuff. That's great. If you treat me well, you know, you're going mm-hmm. in a home either way. You know what I mean? Now, you treat me well, I make sure you're in the nicest place close by. I can get there every day and all that other kind of stuff. If you try to be like, I'm going to let your kids take care of it. I, oh. You know, he ain't got kids. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry whoever, for you, huh? Whoever whips this paperwork up for you, I don't know. But I'm just saying, you took the va- and it's not like they were married for like a little bit of time. They've been married for twenty. What do you say? Twenty six years, going on twenty seven years. This year is their twenty seventh year of being married. Right. And I just don't understand, like, there are th- other things you can do than come parading your chick around your wife. And I think that is, I think that is the part that has people and us included in an uproar. I think that because on the one hand, I can understand where Dan is coming from, right? Right. When you care for somebody that's sick, you can't have the intimate relationship that you once had. That that has nothing to do with just sex. That just means intimacy, right? The love and the caring. And then now we're talking about somebody that has Alzheimer's where they forget who you are. And so you really don't have that portion of it, right? Like caring for somebody that has cancer. They can't do certain things that they would normally be able to do. So you don't have that part of the relationship and that longing and wanting that part of the relationship. Mm-hmm. I could see on the one hand where Dan is like, I, I got to get me somebody, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have nobody to turn to for what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Dan is justifying it as well because he still does take care of her, you know, but on the other hand, in the bigger hand, it speaks to the point that you just said is you're parading this woman around her. It's bad enough that she can't understand what's going on. Right. It's bad enough that right. you ch- have chosen to go outside of your marriage because I don't care right. what she you're got. Still, exactly. You are cheating because right. you are Adulterer. still you are still married to this woman. Right. Whether you still take care of her or not, it don't matter. You're still cheating. But like you said, to parade this woman in the home. So now she don't know you. Now she got to get to know you and she got to get to know Sarah. It's too much. And to me, for you to come out and say, and this is what I'm doing and I don't care what nobody feel about it. You don't care. You do care. You do care because when you don't, when when you say stuff like, and I don't care what nobody think, but you continue to post stuff, then you do care what what the opinions of others are. Because if you didn't, then you would just be living your damn life, and you wouldn't have felt the need to come out and say this is what I'm doing. Because you wouldn't just care. You wouldn't have just did anything, you know. And for the woman, I don't have no respect for her ass either. Because it, one, you messing with a married man, and two, you all right with parading around with the man in the home. You know, I watched the video of them earlier. He, she was patting her on the head like she was a damn dog. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, the woman is still very much alive. You know, very whether she much remembers alive. you or not. 
we need to not treat the the sick or the like they're not they're like they're exact. not sick. They exactly. are still there. They're still alive. They're still human beings. You and know, she still has studies show people people have sexual desires mm-hmm. up until they die. Mm-hmm. People only stop having sex because they're not physically able to. Right. Like if a man can't get an erection mm-hmm. or a woman feels it's too painful for her to do it. That's why they have medicine to help you with those things. Mm-hmm. So not only is she, she does may not know who you are, but you could be playing 51st dates in that bitch or something. You know what I mean? You could be having sex with a different woman every night or something. You could be trying to get to know her every day or something. Like, what is this? It 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 it's mad disrespectful. It, it is disres- It's very disrespectful. Yeah, disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. And you know they have to live their lives the way that they want to live their lives. But what I will say for Dan, stop parading it. Meaning posting things. Meaning right. doing Why interviews. Meaning people? doing right. articles. You know, stop stop doing that because what you're doing is magnifying the disrespect. And then yeah. you're mad that people have an opinion of it. Newsflash people, this ain't just for Dan, this is for people. Let me make a public service announcement. When you don't want people on your in your business, you don't put your business out there. Right. Right. So you know, the way to avoid people having an opinion, people being judgmental, people doing all those things, it's just not to 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 tell your business, you know, like you ain't got to tell everything. Keep some things tucked, and then you won't have to say anything. I seen a post. Yesterday on social media, y'all always in my business. I literally know when you wake up, when you brush your teeth, when you go to sleep, who your kids are, when their birthday is, you know, where you work, how you fucking. I know everything about you. And now you want to be like, y'all always in my business. Don't put your business out there if you don't want the opinion of others to be in it. We want to just say, you know, Alzheimer's is a horrible disease and it, it, and it's just painful to even watch somebody go through it. And so, um, Dan, you ain't shit for this. <laughs> Alex, you, that's the girl's name. You ain't shit for it either. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's what I got to say about that. I concur, even mm-hmm. though I'm not judging. <laughs> so I got some other shit on my mind. Well, what else you got? And this is it's relationship based. So um, in relationships, Maya, do you believe in gender roles? Yes, I do believe in gender roles. So let's let's just take this step by step, like relationship by relationship. So the first relationship we're going to talk about is dating. Okay. Hi, how you doing? My name is Bibi. Oh, hey, Charles, how are you? I'm good. Yo, you want to go out sometime? Probably not, Charles, because you won't stand me up for shit. Um, oh, I digress. Wait, wait, wait. No, <laughs> no. Sorry. Let me rewind. Rewind. <laughs> get back on. T- get back. <laughs> get it back. Get it back. Get it back. Okay. So now, Charles and you, y'all going hey, out? Charles, okay. <laughs> would you like to go out sometime? Sure. I'll go out with Charles. Isn't Charles supposed to pay the bill? Yes. <laughs> Why was that a question? That should just be a known fact. And let me say this, 2019 people, 2019 progressive woman, you know, 2019 feminists, because they just everywhere. We we need to be equal. I pay pay for you and you pay for me or we could go Dutch. I don't even know what Dutch is. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think that in I think that in dating, uh, Charles should pay. Charles should pay. I agree, especially if you ask a woman out on a date, you should pay, you should pay the tip, all of that stuff. Is there ever a time where the woman should pay? When you're dating? When you're dating. Like how many dates? I'm um, said, is there ever a time? No, because here's the thing. If I'm dating you for, I go out on two dates with you and then our third date is your birthday. Mm-hmm. And then you like, hey, you want to get together? And then I find out it's your birthday. I still don't want to pay. Like, yeah, I'm not paying for your birthday. Right. Two, two dates, you don't get a whole a birthday. Right. So what about if it's like seven dates and you still and you like me and you still like is it? I don't think this is a relationship. Even though after seven dates, most people would be like, oh, we kind of like in a relationship. After like seven dates, I don't even really know no. you. Maya, we're all aware of your 10 year plan. But what I, I'm saying is, OK, is there ever a time where you're dating somebody that you would pay for a date? I think it depends on the, how many dates it's been. Early on dates, no. So what are you like a ten to one, twenty to one? Yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm more like that. Like, I remember back in 
early 2000 or the late 90s when Oprah had her show, right? I remember her saying on one of her shows, and it stuck with me. I always <laughs> kept this with me. Oh, she was like, don't ask a man out on a date if you don't want to pay. Mm-hmm. Like, if you say to a man, hey, want to meet me for a drink tonight? It implies... That you're paying. That you're paying because I asked you to go somewhere. Or if I say, hey, I got two tickets to go see Avanelli. You want to go? All right, I pay for the tickets. I would expect him to pay for everything else that we're going to do. But if I asked him out, he probably thinks I'm footing the night. So I Mm. asked men out because I always remember what Oprah said. Oh, you didn't throw a monkey wrench. Well, not really because you're going to be my date. But Remember, I had bought tickets. Now, I bought these tickets, like, early December mm-hmm. for something that's happening in February. And I was like, oh, I might have a date by then. By that time, you know, I've probably been out with somebody a few times. And I'm like, oh, hey, I have tickets to this. And no, I'm not putting the bill for the night. I got the tickets. That's what, that's my right. contribution. That's what <laughs> I'm saying. I got the tickets. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I don't have a date anyway. So we go. But if you did, yeah, I got the tickets. Yeah, so, the, yes, the let's just back. say I'm a 10 to 1 type of person. Ten to one type of person. So it's okay to pay for it. Now I will pay for a date. And I think there's a um I'm not paying for a date first ever. Yeah. First ever. date, no. Ever. And um second, third, probably ever. Right. Maybe I'm not a ten to one, but I'm definitely a five to one. Uh, yeah. I just and so yeah, I do believe in uh, gender roles in that. T- what about chivalry? Oh, I one hundred percent believe in gender roles as far as chivalry is concerned. Be a man. I'm sorry open the doors, walk on the outside of the uh, street, you know, um, I'm not really, we talked about this before. I'm not really a, like a, you got to open my car door type of person, but like you have to open every other door and you have to do certain things. Chivalry is, that shouldn't even be a question as far as gender roles is concerned. What am I do for you? Is that chivalrous? What do women do for men that's chivalrous? Well, one thing I do is I always send thank you cards as much as possible. I just think if I go out with somebody and I have a really nice time, I like to let them know. Well, do you I know think- your address by then? Did you ask them? What do you ask them their address after the first date? Like, yo, which address? Being chivalrous. Remember, men used to pick women up from their house to go on a date. Mm. But that hardly happens anymore. You know, it's like, meet me here. Yeah, I'll meet you. I'll meet you. I want to buy know where I live at. Well, first date? Well, I have gone on first date where you know you pick me up from my house that's cool but i'm just saying for me you know i know i know people i know for years they don't even know where i live so that's just me in general that has nothing to do but i do believe in gender roles as far as chivalry is concerned right and i do i i feel like women can be complimentary Yes. Um, they can be complimentary, and that's how we show chivalry. You know, okay. we can be very complimentary, always say thank you, you know, be appreciative uh, for what, what is going on. What about personality traits? Meaning? That can mean a lot. So what do you mean when you say personality traits? You know, the gender roles, like, so you expect the man to be, what if he's like uh, a metrosexual, you know, he's always brushing on his waves and tending to his goatee and... God. I'm gonna tell you what like to tie you out on a date. Look, if, if you looking at your yourself, while, if you're brushing your ways while we sitting down somewhere, you ain't for me. Uh, because what selfie? Do do? <laughs> Ninjas today, yo. Yeah, like a selfie. I don't think it's nothing wrong with a. A selfie. man better not take no selfie in front of me on no date. I'm sorry. Not in front of me on a date, but I. I oh yeah, okay. We talking about dating. Like if a man take a selfie, that's cool. But if he takes it in front of me, I probably would be looking like. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what about a metrosexual? Could you date Todd Chrisley? Uh, no. I mean, if he wasn't white. No. Hell no. Todd Chrisley, no. <laughs> right. I, just I could don't... date somebody that's. I could date somebody that's not necessarily so metrosexual, but. I do like a man who takes care of themselves. So like grooming, um, getting pedicures, manicures, like don't get the nail polish. Don't get the clear, you know, just, just go with the, just the regular hand, you know what I'm saying? Or somebody who does like manscaping. Yeah. Regular hand, boo. Don't, 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 don't come with the shiny nail. Like don't, don't do that. Don't come with the shiny nail. Cause I'm going to be looking at you like, 
what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. I'm, grooming grooming is important. And you know how, you know, groom the hair. Get them eyebrows trimmed. And, and if you just take your clippers. Get your eyebrows and, trimmed. Like it's got a unibrow? Right. Or whatever. If you just take the clippers and run them over the, the eyebrows or whatever. I'm not saying get them waxed. But don't get your jaws uh, shaped up. Like not, no, but some some men's eyebrows they grow long. The hairs be all over the place. I look like the bush people. Eyebrow thing. Remember though. that date with the murderer? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. You know the ears. They got the trimmers now. You can put it up your nose, put it in your ears. You know what I mean? Get that shit down. Like yes. that's it. Don't be coming with no sweet smelling products like lotions and you know. Mm. <laughs> You better like smell that. like musk. I don't. Yeah, I it's just rough. Really, like I want you to smell rough. You know what I mean? Yeah, like don't be, have a manly smell. And I don't like it as far as personality traits. I don't like um like you could be metrosexual, but you can't be too feminine. You know, like right. you can. I do not right. I do you not can't like be any too feminine. Like I don't want right. you know. Like I'm looking for someone who is not feminine because if I was looking for somebody that was feminine, I would be with a woman, which would be my prerogative. And that's what I would be doing. But so I'm not looking for that from a man. So that kind of thing, as far as dating is concerned, I am into gender roles because I want you to be manly and I want to be feminine because I'm a woman. Sexuality. Could you date a man who told you he was bisexual? I couldn't. But like to each their own, you know, if they do that, if people are, if women are out there dating men that are bisexual, hey, if that's your preference, do you boo? Like you, I don't have nothing to do with what you do in your bedroom, but I know I couldn't. My thought process wouldn't be able to handle it. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. cause to me, I feel like men just cheat, right? Right, it's too much competition. And, and, Daddy, and you went exactly. So, so like, I already got worried about whether or not you out here with these with these women. You know exactly. what I'm saying? I gotta, I gotta make sure I keep myself together so that I can keep you from these women. And now I gotta worry about you being with a man right. too. And you know, it is no, 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 no. I couldn't That's do too it. Much. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Listen, it's I'm only much. one person. I can't. You know, I'm only one person. I can't be competing with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's I little, do it. That's much. Yeah, I I couldn't do it either. Now I, I do I do know some bisexual men who are very very manly, mm-hmm. very very manly. You like you would never know yeah. that they were uh, bisexual. And um, and I know one person in particular has female friends and male friends. And the fe- and I was like, and the female friends know, mm-hmm. and they just like, oh no, you know, we together. Oh. That's yeah. too much competition for me. And the other thing it. is, if you are bisexual, let me know up front. Don't hit me with the, I find out about it. Just let me yeah. know up front. You know, so as far as sexuality is concerned, gender roles mean a lot um, to me. Right. So, okay. So now we're, we're done dating. We're mm-hmm. past dating. Let's say we're past dating. We're in a committed relationship, but we don't live together. Okay. You and Charles, then moved on up. We did, me, me and Charles, huh? moving on up. So what changes from dating? Now, I, in a committed relationship, we had an episode, uh, we talked about don't date if you can't date. And one of the things were, you know, if you broke, you can't date. But mm-hmm. I feel that way as well. Even though I don't pay for the majority of the dates, there are other things that we do to get ready. You know, you want to look nice and all this other kind of stuff. And I like to do nice things. So there have been times where I'm like, no, I'm I'm trying to do something right now with my money. And I felt like I could not afford to date. Because regardless if I pay or not, whatever we do, I want to be able to do that, even if you're not there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would never ask a man to do anything for me that... I don't you couldn't do for yourself. That I don't do for myself. And mm-hmm. and I don't ask anyway, but I'm just saying it's like, you know, what I do, this is regular. This is what I do. And plus, you never know what happens. If somebody get on my nerves, I will walk away. Mm. You know, I with the hurry upness. And I don't be like, oh, I'm excuse me, I'm going to the restroom and all that kind of stuff. I just, you know, I get up and leave. I don't mm-hmm. have no problem with that. So but then that changes in a committed relationship because now you're a little bit more tolerable of you're getting on my nerves because if you dated somebody and you walked work 
your way up to a committed relationship. I know for me, I feel like I know you enough where you get on my nerves would be a little bit more tolerable for me. I also think that things change in a committed relationship as far as paying. Right, you because know. I'm I'm spending more money. Yeah, and right. I'm I'm committed to you. So now I don't mind taking. I'm like, babe, let's go get something to exactly. eat. Exactly. I don't mind paying. You know what I'm saying? You, you didn't court at me. Exactly. You got me, and now we can court each other. And right. I don't feel like, oh, I can't take I can't take him out. I ain't paying. I'm not doing this right. thing. Now I'm doing different things for you. I'm making right. sure that you're good. You know what I'm saying? I'm exactly. eating you. I'm buying you gifts. I'm, you know, like things like that change. And that doesn't take away from the gender role. You are still the man, you know, but it makes it a little more easier for you to do certain things that you think that a man should traditionally do when you are in a committed relationship. Right. So you're in a committed relationship mm-hmm. and you go on vacation. Who pays? In a committed relationship, we can decide together who pays. I think this is in a dating relationship and a committed relationship, though. We could decide together who pays. Like, I pay for mine, you pay for yours. And That's then, dating. And I think in a committed relationship, we can still, I can still pay for mine and you can still pay for yours. I don't, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily mind that, that I pay for mine and you pay for yours and then you got everything else for vacation. See? You feel me? Like, that's that. but see, you got, you see how you added that on the end? Yes, because that's how it should be. <laughs> Listen, we are talking gender roles. Right. Right. I'm a very traditional person, right? But I'm a traditional person who can have a little, um, wiggle room, a little leeway, a little, you know, I can be open to some things. So in a committed relationship, I don't mind doing a lot of things that I would not do in dating. If we came to the decision like, yo, babe, you want to go somewhere? All right. Yeah. I don't really got it to pay for all for us, but you know, like if you pay and then I pay, then we could get there and then I'll see what I could do on the back end to make sure that we good when we get there. And my response is going to be, no, make sure that you know we good when we get there. And yes, I'll pay for mine, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Um, me like, uh. Let's say essence. You know, it's like, all right, I get the flights, you get the hotel. Because right. it's pretty much, but it's pretty much the same. You know, exactly. it's, it's just timing. You know, you got to get the flights earlier. You might pay for the hotel when you get there. And we weren't in a committed relationship. We were dating because we dated all the time. So he was just like a good travel person because he'd be like, all right, babe, this is how much money we got. You know, we here for the week. This is how much money we got. This is what we do. And, you know, you just go, you have a good time, but you know, you're going to be all right. Even if, you know, I don't go on vacation to shop. That's just not my thing. You know, I know some people go on vacation and they buy gifts for everybody and they want to buy the clothes and fashion. So unless there's something that I re- that I see that I feel like I can't get it anywhere else and I just like have to have it in my life, I'm right. not really a shopper on vacation. So I mostly spend money on food and experiences and stuff like that. So you know, I don't have a problem with that. And like I said, I don't expect anybody to do anything for me that I can't do for myself mm-hmm. until I'm married. But anywho, so that's <laughs> that's being in a commitment. Now, does anything change when you're cohabitating? And I'm going to tell you up for everybody, I do not believe in cohabitation. Do not believe in it. The only men that I've ever lived with was my father, my son, my husband. That's it. I don't believe in that at all. Well, I never cohabitated with nobody just because I never did. It, ain't, it has nothing to do right, with I never not will. believe. I'm not right. Well, that, yeah, because that's your, that's your thing. You know, I would definitely live with somebody, but I just have not yet. Even when I was in a long-term relationship. And that, and that relationship started out when we were so young. So, and I was in college. I was, you know, then I went to go get my graduate degree. And the last thing I was thinking about was living with a man. But that's probably why we ain't together now. But that needs to be here nor there. Um, I think things change as far as gender roles when you are cohabitating for sure, because people have roles in a relationship, you know, mm-hmm. now, and that's just in general, people have roles in a relationship. My role may be the traditional take care of the house, cook the food, you do the laundry, and your role may be 
pay the bills or whatever. But that's something that you have to figure out for yourself. Like, I know if I lived with a man, I would be thinking about gender roles. Like, I would want you to to, to take out the trash, mm-hmm. to change the light bulbs, to mm-hmm. uh, clean out the gutters, mm-hmm. to, to mow the lawn, to rake the leaves. Like, I would want you to do those type of things. And so that is traditionally what we think of as man's work. Well, I would want you to do that. But then I'm also very like, we could both be in here cooking. We could both be in here doing the, uh, <laughs> the laundry. But I also think that that has a lot to do with back in the day when women just stayed home and they took care of the house, mm-hmm. where, where more women did that. Because you do have women that still do that. You didn't work. Right. So that was your job. Right. But now... I got to go out here and work too and take care of these kids, birth them, take care of them. Yeah, we need to be splitting these responsibilities in here, not mowing the lawn, but we could both take a night to cook. Well, I mean, with chores, I'm definitely, if there's a man in the house, I don't care what your relationship is, you're taking out the garbage because I do not take out garbage. And um, I remember having this conversation in Africa with my friends and in Africa, in most homes where I was in Botswana, they have doors on their kitchen, in the kitchen. So it's like the family room area and then the kitchen, but there's a door. So mm-hmm. um, mostly everybody who works has a maid. The maid, And a lot of people, if you work close to home, you go home for lunch, the maid has your lunch prepared and, you know, they, the maid serves you your lunch and everything. I'm telling you, it's living. Don't be bamboozled <laughs> by what you see on the TV. Right. So um, I was talking to my friend and he said, um, I, I don't go in the kitchen. I've never been in the kitchen. I said, well, I said, first of all, traditionally in America, especially in black homes, the kitchen is the place of fellowship. Mm-hmm. That's where we go. We sit down, we talk, we grab a snack, we do this, you know, a lot. We entertain in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. he was like, what? And um, I said, well, do you take out the garbage? He said, the garbage is in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, become in America, you know. You taking out the trash, Bill. You're taking out Open the garbage. Door, sweetheart. Jiggy, Jiggy takes out the garbage. I mean, it could be rain, snow, sleet, hail, whatever. He'll put on his full blizzard gear or whatever, but he gets that garbage out every Tuesday because I don't do garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, fixing things, I've always been a Mr. F- uh, Mrs. Fix-It. Um, so I do paint. I change electric, you know, I change light bulbs. I put up fixtures, drywall, all that kind of stuff. So, and that stuff is fun to me. I won't do it if a man is around though. I, let, I will help, but I won't do it because mm-hmm. I feel like this, you know, this for you. I'll help, you know, but I won't do it. Mm-hmm. Me either. But that ain't have nothing to do with gender roles. It just has everything to do with, I don't know what I'm doing. That's, well, I mean, I can, but I just, I just feel like the gender role is, you know, this is not what I want to do. Now, if we're doing it together and, you know, I could be, you know, baby, hold this. I can buzz it in, you know, with the screwdriver or whatever. I will do that. But I wouldn't do it like you're not going to come home from work and be like, oh, baby, finish the basement. No, that ain't going to happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's just not going to happen. But what about the bills when you're cohabitating? Who pays the bills? Is it a gender role for bill paying? I, I think no. I mean, I think it all do- so depends on your situation. Like, you know, I would hope that you know what you're getting yourself into before you start cohabitating, meaning, you know, the person's financial um, stability and whether or not they can come in and um, pay the bills. I think that the bill thing could be like a 60, 40, 70, 30. Uh, you could pay the mortgage and I could pay the electric. Or, you know, I could take the smaller bills and you could take the bigger bills. Mm. Do I want a man that could come in and pay all the bills? Sure. You Mm. know, in 2019, with the cost of living the way that it is and the lifestyle that I like to live, I don't know if I'm going to find me a man. And I, hey, I'm I'm not saying that I can't, but I don't know if I'm going to find me a man that could come in and pay all the bills and then we still be able to enjoy ourselves in life, you know, meaning have savings, um, you know, do a little bit of investing in ourselves. Well, if he pays all the bills, you still have your income for that stuff. Yeah, but I want to spend my money on what I want to spend it on. So I want to save for uh-huh. me and I want to um, 
That sounds so selfish. But no, no, we are together. We're together. You know, we are together. But no, you're you're right. You know, you you are right. I think that um, gender roles for me don't really play a part in bill paying as much as it does in other areas. I think, well, when I lived with my husband, he was, he worked and I didn't. And in fact, when I started going back to work, it was like toward the end of the marriage, it was only part time. So we had one income and it was his income and we had to, and I made it work Mm. and he would always like, is this enough? And, you know, I made it enough. This is Mm -hmm. what we could do. So if he asked for something, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, if you want to work a part time job or if you can get overtime this week, we can get this. You know, everything was like budget wise. Right. Um, But we ate every day. The bills were all paid every day. You know, we wore clean clothes, decent clothes, all of that. So you make it work. I think I don't believe in cohabitation, but I feel like this At, at this age, I feel like. If a man, because, you know, a man that I'm interested in has the five C's, Mm -hmm. price, character, career, car, crib. Let's just talk about the crib for a minute. If you already have a crib, you already have your own place and you're responsible for everything in that place. Well, what's the big difference if we live together? You're still responsible for all the bills in our place. Yeah, but then your bills double once you... you they don't with, double. Yes, it does. They don't does double. double. Your mortgage doesn't it, double. It, your mortgage, that's, you, took the, you took the words out of my mouth. The only thing that doesn't double is like your rent or your mortgage. You're not, you're not, you your get, electricity uh, is not doubling it, because it, of one person. It could. It could, but it doesn't. You got pay more water. You got more... A little bit more. You got more food you eat. You're more soap. No, you I'm eat. talking about bills. I'm talking okay. about utilities. More electricity. More and utilities. More electricity. I can buy my own food. I'm going to eat. Listen, more electricity, more water. A little bit. You pay. Cable is going to be the same because it's just me and you. Cable, mortgage is the same. And what else bills is it in the house? As you t- mortgage and utilities. And now that's what about like- if you live in a place that's like a two by four and, and, and I want to live in a place that's a four by eight. We got to get another place. Now we got to pay more money. I mean, it's all kinds of factors that you have to add into that. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. If you're used to taking care of everything, it doesn't double because you have a roommate. Well, all I'm saying is we're going to eat. There there are two incomes in the house. There are two incomes. But I'm just as far as the household, take care of the household. That's just what I believe. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's nothing wrong with that. I mean, listen, you always say the same thing, and I will agree with that. If you can't, you have to want to you know right. you have you can't to want to me you so. have to want you have to at least want to because if you want to then you're trying you know that's just how i feel about that okay well so, let, let, listen i ain't jumping out there offering when i go when i get me a man if we cohabitate i ain't offering to pay all the, i ain't offering to go 50 50 with you but if we make a decision together and we got to go 50 50 i'm okay with it but i ain't going to jump out the window and say hey here go my 50 percent. you know what i mean it's just you know first of all i'm a, a nurturer by nature Mm-hmm. We want to have we're going to have everything we need as far as a household, whatever is concerned. I think you could do whatever you want to do. Like you talk about what about investing and stuff like that. You still do have another income. It is a two income household. But <laughs> <laughs> if y'all could see Maya's face. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> there was a thing on Facebook. A friend of mine posted about this and you know, the gender role and stuff. And this is what, and I'm not even going to mention the person's name who wrote this, but it is the most asinine thing I have ever heard in my life. Tell me See? Huh? Tell me when we get finished recording who it was, but go ahead. Cause okay. I don't know. It's, See, back in the day, it made sense for the man to pay all the bills because women were more likely to work in the home. If we think with an equal mentality, a woman's value is 50% and the man is the other 50%. Let me stop right there. <laughs> Let me just stop right there because clearly he didn't graduate, get out of elementary school because my, your value cannot be 50% if you are taking care of everything on your own already. 
before you even become a couple. Like I, I am whole as I am. Mm-hmm. FYI, you know what I mean. And so is he, whoever he is, Charles. Mm-hmm. Where you at, Charles? I don't yeah, know. Charles. Come on. <laughs> anyway, if a man buys a woman a drink, that means he values her higher than the fifty percent because <laughs> he's literally paying for her time. If he buys her food and pays all the bills, that means he values her more than she values him. If they work the same hours and earn the s- and earn money, then he would be giving up what he has earned while she doesn't value him enough to contribute. This is why I can't be also. So if you buy if if you you don't you I don't value you if you buy me a, some meat. I mean, like the least that you could do with somebody is feed them. So, I mean, and you could give them a hot dog. It, it's still feeding them. So I, I don't, don't value. Know, I don't you. know who hurt it. It was a male too. I know, but I'm just saying, I don't value you. If you buy me food, I don't value you. If you buy me uh, a drink, I don't value you. If you, uh, I mean, if I take care of all of the bills, but he contradicted himself because he said that the woman used to stay home and take care of everything. So that was her value, right? Well, if you could still take care of her, then she could stay home and then she could take care of you. And then y'all could be valuing each other on a 50-50 type of thing. Clearly, this man has been hurt. One, two, if you haven't got enough money to keep your woman home where she valuing you the same. So you need to figure out whoever you are. I hope you listen to the podcast. You should be figuring out how you could get more money so that you could get a woman that values you to stay at home and take care of you. Don't and 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 God forbid the bitch want to eat. So he says oh, anyone. It's more. Yes, I'm sorry. I didn't, there's an addendum. I didn't there's know. It was Go ahead. Anyone who works a job and expects another person to pay for their food means they don't value the effort or time the other person put into earning that money, which would mean that you value yourself higher than the other person and believe the other person is below you. The end. And this is all I'm going to say about that. Get some counseling, boo. Clearly, somebody has hurt you and clearly. You ain't buying a woman nothing to eat. First of all, men men make money, men who want to be with women, make money so that they can buy things for women. Exactly. That's what they do. And literally everything that a man does in his life is for a woman. Let's be real. I mean, like, they want a nice car for a woman. They want to look good for a woman. They take a woman to nice restaurants to to impress a woman. They get the haircut for a woman. They get groomed for a woman. You know, they they read books for women. Like, and no, and that's no shade to none of the men out there or any man that's listening. But any man within the sound of my voice knows that they do all of that for a damn woman. If it was all men on this earth, their asses wouldn't do nothing because they wouldn't have to. You know, look at Adam. Adam right. Adam bit that apple for a woman, not for his damn self, and he sure right. ain't bite because he was hungry. Speaking of women, what about female breadwinners? What changes in the gender roles when the female is the breadwinner? I don't think anything changes when the female is the breadwinner if your man is a man. Because here's the thing: if you feel like I'm taking care of you because I'm the female, I'm because I'm the female breadwinner, if I what would my man say if I value you less or you look I'm looking down on you or whatever the case is because I'm a female breadwinner, then you're not a man because men should be able to be men in any situation. If a woman had makes more money than you, that shouldn't take away who you are as a man. So your role as a man, as in gender roles, should just be secure. You should be able to be a man in any type of situation. You know, now you do have women that make more money than men and they throw it up in their face. You know, but if you got a real solid woman, she ain't throwing it up in your face. She's just taking care mm-hmm. of what needs to be taken care of. She's not making you feel any less than because nobody can make you feel less than what you what you are yourself. Right. People can break down your self-esteem. Right. They can break you down. Right. But you got to feel that within yourself, right? right. So you've right. got low self-esteem. You have something, a void that's missing in your life, you know. Mm-hmm. So I can't make you feel less than a man if mm-hmm. you if you ain't less than a man, you know, right. whether if I make more money or not, if you a man, you a man and it is what it is. And if I'm a woman who knows that you a man, I'm going to respect you as a man. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't think it's anything wrong with female breadwinners. I mean, 
in this day and age, women, a lot of women are female breadwinners. We have could you, more be a, could you be the breadwinner in a relationship? Yeah, I could be the breadwinner. I had been the breadwinner in a relationship. And, and one thing's for certain, two things for sure. I didn't look at that man any less than what I would have looked at him if he was bringing in six figures. You know what I'm saying? And the reason being is because he ain't let me. You know, he 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 commanded for lack of a better word, a certain amount of respect as the man in my life. And so I gave that to him. It ain't make a difference about no money. It was who he was. But you he, I don't I just don't think that you can be I understand what you're saying, but I don't think you could be a breadwinner if you didn't live with the person. Because if you're in a committed relationship, what does it matter if you make more money than the other person? If we could live together, we could live together. We could live together tomorrow. You know, it could be a chance that we could we could get back together. We could live together tomorrow. If we live together tomorrow, I'm going to be the breadwinner. I'm right, that's what I'm saying. I understand that, but what I'm saying is, I just don't think you can be a breadwinner oh. unless you live with somebody. You mean or, in right? Okay. You know, you can't. To me, now I was in a relationship with somebody, a jumper and a pump. Okay. And Jumper and the Pump, we didn't live together, but a big reason that the relationship ended was because he just felt like it. we had been together so long and I had never asked him for anything. Now, I was younger than he, and that's exactly what he said. He said, you don't need me. And he did not like the way it felt. He felt like any day that I went to work, went to church, anywhere that I could just, you know, find somebody else that was, you know, more handsome, more interesting, more, you know, because I didn't need him. And well, I was younger then, but looking back, like now I see in his, his former relationships, the three that I knew about, you know, he's a very you need to depend on me kind of person. Mm -hmm. Now he'll take good care of you. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. But you know, they were dependent. Oh, I need money for this. I need to this. I need to go mm -hmm. here. I need to go there. And it just didn't work for him at all. So I do see where some men would struggle with being with a female breadwinner. You know, they would struggle because they would feel, you know, less than a man. They don't feel needed. But I think that I, I don't think that everything about being a man comes from money. And exactly. I know that a man, I know that men, I, right. I know that men think that because like I just um, stated earlier, men, you know, they do everything for women. And, and, and so they want to have, make sure that they are financially stable a certain kind mm -hmm. of way. Mo most men, we ain't talking about the finessers. You ain't talking mm -hmm. about the the bums, so to speak, you know, not them. I understand that a man needs to be needed, you know, and we, not just me and you, but I'm talking about female breadwinners. We can make a man feel wanted in other kind of ways, but mm -hmm. a man also has to be very secure in right. who they are as a man mm -hmm. to, because I don't know why they fail to realize this. I need you for other things other than to pay my damn bills or mm -hmm. buy me some soap. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't buy me soap, I'm going to still wash my ass. I, right. I, you know, like, I don't want you to feel like I, I, and I don't want to be with a man, to be honest with you, that he feels like I have to depend on him for stuff like that. You know, I, I mean, come on. This is how I feel about relationships in general, right? And gender roles. If you taking care of me, right? Mm -hmm. and I'm letting you, it's cool. I'm depending on you. I need everything. If you get fucked up, who's going to take care of us? Right. So I feel like, to a certain extent, a woman that could go out there and get it too, not necessarily work full-time, not necessarily make six figures, not necessarily do none of that, but a woman who I know that in times of need, we still going to eat. You understand exactly. what I'm saying? If, I, if you fall off the damn roof as a contractor and you break your damn back, will we going to suffer? No, mm -hmm. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get it. And if I become the female breadwinner, you still got to be a man enough to know your role mm. as a man. That's true. I was having a conversation with a gentleman and he said that when he, in his first marriage, he felt like he worked hard. He had an education. He had a good job. And it just made him feel good to provide for his family. He wanted to pay everything and he said what he did was he put a lot of responsibility on himself mm -hmm. and even though his wife worked he was like no I take care of this 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 and then she got used to that and stopped working I don't know how long they were married probably like 20 years or something but sometime later he remarried okay he said and now 
in, in this marriage, even though he makes great money, his wife makes even more than he does. And mm-hmm. he was like, she never needs anything. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And he said he didn't realize and he, it doesn't make him feel any less than he no longer needs to be needed. Mm-hmm. But he said when he was young, he really needed that. And it's a difference. He said being wanted and being needed are two different things. And he just needed to be needed. And um, he no longer has that. So maybe that's something that comes with maturity. Maybe, because let me tell you something. You could go ahead and be one of them people that need to be needed if you want to. But just know that women are with you sometimes when they when when you want to be needed so much they might not even really still be in love with you or anything they might just want they just might st- be sticking around because you provide and everything because they need you and that's not to say don't provide that's just mm-hmm. to say what it is yeah i just want i mean there are a, a lot of people have a lot of uh opinions and beliefs some are structured by uh culture or religion and faith and tradition and things like that. And whatever, I feel like as long as you're happy in the relationship, do you, boo? You know, there are different phases in relationships with people. I feel that a person should stay true to themselves and what makes them feel valued. I think that's kind of what it comes down to, what makes them feel valued and what you can and cannot tolerate. Gender roles do play an important part. Everybody has a role to play. So we hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember that an all new episode drops each and every Monday. So we will be back next Monday with an all new topic, some all new shit that's going on because you know it's always something happening. Remember that you can always follow the show um, on all social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. It's one word at we did that shit. You got anything that you want us to talk about that you want us to bring to life in 2019 on we did that shit uh, podcast? Send us the email to at we did that shit at gmail.com. No, I said at we did that shit at gmail.com. It's not at, it's just we did that shit at gmail.com. Remember, you can always follow me on my personal Twitter. It's my my 13. That's M Y M Y 1 3. And I'm at Babiamina. That's B-I-B-B-I-A-M-I-N-A. So we'll see you next week. Remember, be great this week. We are Black History. I love you, Maya. Love you too.